You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome. And realize it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. This may very well be the best episode ever. Um, I'm so excited for you guys to be able to listen to this. It is a little longer, but you know, you can take breaks if you need to. Um, Going through what my missions are, you know, I've always had a business and I've always had to write a mission statement, especially if you're trying to do a business plan and go for a loan. And so mission statements and missions uh, through my life were very generic and very business oriented. Um, The mission of The business that I have now, which is coaching with Dr. Heidi, is to provide hope, healing, and freedom for those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships, emotional abuse, and narcissistic behavior. My personal mission in life is to be a happy inspiration of hope. Now, I also have a mission that's not written quite as well, but it's a mission for the pod, for me. Um, when dealing and interacting with the podcast listeners, which is you, uh, the Strength Within group members, which many of you are a part of, my clients, the people that reach out to me through different um, social media avenues, my mission there is that no one feels alone. I don't want anybody to feel like they're going through the pain and the struggle and the journey of a toxic relationship by yourself, because I know that when I was in it, I really felt like I was the only one on the planet that was having such a difficult time understanding what it was that I was in. So a few weeks ago, I jumped in the Strength Within group on Facebook. For those of you who do not know what the Strength Within group is, it is a a support group that I run on Facebook. It is a private page. Private means people can search it by name, but they cannot see who's in it. And only the people that are in the group can see anything that's posted and see who else is in it. So I keep it very safe uh, for people like you who may need a support system or a community of people that understand what you're going through. So the purpose of the support group is so that everybody in there feels like they have the support they need when going through their journey of toxic relationships. And that can be whether you're still in a toxic relationship, whether you're thinking about leaving, whether you're just beginning to recognize that you may have some unhealthy behaviors going on in a relationship in your life, or those who are already out of it. Obviously, we are always continually healing. And the best 
part about that group is to see people come in um, in a certain chapter in their journey and watch them transform as they go from those who are needing support into those who are now supporting others. So today on the podcast, I jumped in the Strength Within group a few weeks ago and asked for volunteers. I did not say a thing about what it was about, and I had 50-some people volunteer. Okay, I couldn't accommodate 50, um, but what I did is I interviewed people from the Strength Within group. I know when I was going through my toxic relationship, very few and far between there was people that got it. But the people that got it had already been through it. And to me, they seemed like they were so strong that sometimes it was almost defeating to me to see somebody who was super successful in getting out and now they're happy and they're moving forward and they found a great relationship and their life looks great. And sometimes that that was defeating to me because I thought, yeah, but they're so strong and I still have such a huge ginormous hill to climb. And sometimes I feel like... Um, Like you might be looking at me like that because those of you who listen to my podcast every week probably think that I have everything together. And when I hear people say that to me, yeah, but I don't think I can do it because you're so strong. If you guys would have seen me 15 years ago, strong would not have been the word that you would be describing me with. So I asked for volunteers out of the Strength Within group so we could get people that are in different places in their journey to share some of their experiences and their struggles with you. Because as you all know, I've been through it and, and I will be here for any of you who need help. But to see people that are actually in it and having the same struggles that you are at the same time that you are accomplishes my mission of I don't want anybody to feel like they're doing this alone. So welcome the guests from the Strength Within group who have volunteered to share parts of their story. They're also gonna share what they like about the Strength Within group and you know what they have learned from the Strength Within group. So I hope, hope you enjoy listening to these people. And obviously if you are not in the Strength Within group and you're looking for a community so that you do not feel alone, search Strength Within on Facebook. There is a few entry questions. I am kind of a stickler on safety of my people. I call them my people because I get very, very um, protective of the people in that group. So there is a few security questions that you have to answer to get in it. Don't worry, I am the only one that reads the answers to those questions. So I know sometimes it's intimidating to put things out there that you shouldn't or don't normally talk about. Um, I am the only one that sees the answers to those questions. So uh, you can search it. If you can't find it, you can shoot me a message and I will get you the link so that you can join the Strength Within page. But for now, welcome to all of those who volunteered to share parts of their story. Hey, Lauren, thank you for being here today. Hi, Heidi. Thanks good for to, having me. Yes, it's good to talk to you again. You and I have talked a couple times in the past. Yes, we have. Um, so how how did you find me? 
Um, a general search uh, through podcasts. Um, so I found you through the podcast. And how, how long have you been listening to the podcast? I would say six to eight months. And did you listen to all of them? Yes, I listened to all of them. I binged them all. And some of them I've listened to more than once. And others I go, I still go back to. I always have to laugh when people go, yes, I binged it in one weekend. I'm like, and you're still wanting to do a session? I can't imagine that you're not sick of me yet. Yeah. Um, okay. So Lauren, what type of toxic relationship are you or were you involved in? So this was a uh, an ex-romantic partner. And so how long it was a how long were you father of my child? Okay. Uh, we were together about five years. And where are you now in the process of your journey? So right now I am out of the relationship with little to no contact. Good. How long has that been? About 10 months. Okay. Let me ask you this. How is the co-parenting and the exchanges going? So right now we are not co-parenting. I am sole provider, sole parent. And from what I'm seeing, dealing with a toxic person and um, co-parenting or lack of, I'll say, it seems that this is really best um, for me at this time. I think it would probably be just more difficult if we were, given our history and our past exchanges, it would just be more difficult trying, um, you know, to exchange so, our child. Okay, so I will tell you this now. I have another question because when when people hear you telling the listeners that you are primary and you're not co-parenting, people are going to want to know how you got there. How were you able to do that? So do you, so I so I left the relationship. Um, when I was before I gave birth. So when I was maybe 37 weeks pregnant, I had, you know, I was kind of in panic mode, right? I'm about to give birth. I'm in this toxic relationship that I know is toxic and I'm panicking. Do I want to bring this baby home into this environment? Mm -hmm. And so I start setting boundaries and I'm trying to do the best for my child and, you know, really stay strong in these boundaries because I was really flimsy and getting walked all over before. Um, and I eventually left um, kind of an autopilot. Like I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. You know, I was just like one foot in front of the other. And I didn't even know, I didn't believe I was doing that. Um, fortunately, I owned a home that I can move into and um, we have been separated since. And so he has not pursued any he has not. No, he has not. So, um, of course, our truths are different, right? Our stories are very different. If you ask him um, how things have happened in myself, they're very different. Um, but no, he does not pursue a relationship with our child. Um, and, you know, as I think maybe a punishment uh, to me for, quote, kind of abandoning our family, 
um, unit. So, and then how is it going raising the little one on your own? <clears throat> so it is difficult. It's so difficult. And um, it's, that's a constant struggle. And being a single mom, gosh, uh, so I, I experience all of the emotions, right? Some days I'm like, I don't think I, I can do this. And it, it makes me want to break the no contact. And, you know, and I think maybe I, maybe I had it better then. And then other days I feel triumphant and I feel like, man, I'm just kicking butt at doing all of this. Um, but when I, at the end of the day, think back to the environment I was in and on top of having a child, I think I would, I'd still be living a life of, as a single mom, taking care of this baby by myself. I just would have another adult with me. You know, I'd be in that environment with him, with the verbal abuse and taking care of this child who would be witnessing it as well. So. Well, and when you talk about, you know, there's days that you're good and there's days that you're bad and there's days that you feel triumphant and there's days that you feel like you're, you know, ready to give up. I think we have that in our life regardless, you know, because I think everybody has ups and down days, but you need to be commended on sticking to it because I don't remember when the first time you and I talked, but I know that it was, I mean, your daughter, it's a daughter, right? Yes. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. Um, <laughs> she was just, I think she was very, very little when we first. Yeah. Talked. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to tell you on air how proud I am of you, because right now I have two other people that are in the situation that they are pregnant and we're, we're wanting to leave and mm -hmm. they found out and they're, they're sitting there in the question of, should I leave? Can I do this on my own? Or, you know, with the family unit, is it more detrimental to leave? So I, yeah. I love that you were able to share some of that. What is, what is your biggest struggle right now? Um, my biggest struggle right now, like concerning the, the toxic person side or just like in life in general, just, just like in life in general. I mean, just the single parent life, you know, that's really difficult. It, for me, it's, um, resentment, right? It's really hard to not hold resentment towards the other person who's not, you know, having to carry the responsibility that really you think that they should have some part in. Yeah. And speaking from experience on my end, um, the one thing that I want you to realize that that you need to be grateful for is you do not have to be um, in protection mode of her. Because when you are living in that environment with a child, the minute you the minute you become a mom, you are a protector. And that is now your job for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how old they get, you are you are the protector. And I remember, you know, um, I didn't make the choice that you made. I, I did it the opposite twice. Um, about the time I decided it was time to leave, I found out I was pregnant again. So I made the same choice again to stay. And um, then when 
when the toxicity started and the toxicity started being reflected on onto my kids, rather than me contemplating getting out, I just went into super protection because I was afraid that if I did get out and they spent time with him by themselves, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to protect them. And um, I, you know, I stayed way too long because of that feeling. And so I'm super proud of you for making the decision that you did, because that is a whole different ball game <clears throat> when you're in it and you're trying to protect them and trying to protect yourself and trying to get through the day. So big, you need to be super proud of yourself for that, even though you don't realize it because you, you didn't have to do it. Um, I think it's going to be much, much better for her. So how long have you been in, how long have you been in the strength within group, the support group that's on Facebook? Um, pretty much immediately upon like listening to the podcast and I learned about the group. So about six, I mean, six to eight months. And um, I got into the group. And what is your favorite thing about being in the group? Oh man, just the connection and support for sure. Um, I think that being in a relationship of any nature with a toxic person, you carry around so much guilt and shame already that being able to connect with people and just share um, transparently is so liberating Um, and being able to feel safe enough to just like unload what you're feeling without that like the shame of having what you consider quote crazy thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, is really, really nice. And so what is something that you've learned from either someone in the support group or learned from being in the support group? Oh, that like similar to what I just said that, you know, we're not crazy. (laughs) Uh, we're not alone. Um, that, you know, often we're just have been victimized um, to what is often a a personality disorder, Um, you know, so, but yeah, that we're not alone and we're not crazy. And I noticed too, you know, when, when we're struggling, we post things about struggling in there, but we also post our wins in there. And I've seen you kind of transform through this journey because you, you post things that are very encouraging to others as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. not all about, oh, this is what's going on in my life. Um, can you please help me? You jump on there and you're encouraging to other people too. So I've kind of watched you heal through helping others, which is also part of why that group is so powerful. So yeah. um, what is one, one piece of advice or one thing that you would want to say to the listeners of the podcast? Um, that one is to trust yourself and to not like second guess your, your thoughts. So I think uh, I know for myself personally, I feel like I have been kind of manipulated for a long time. So I second guess every thought I have. Right. And it, it takes a long time not to do that anymore. So to really try to trust yourself, um, and to that, like, you can't rush the process, this entire process, whether you're, you're wanting to get out, you know, um, or you're trying to heal from getting out. It's, it's like, it's a slow, long thing. There's just no rushing. 
Um, I myself, even I'm, you know, almost a year and I'm still kind of, you know, I'm riding the wave. So there's just no rushing the process. And, uh, you know, I have found that um, I had to remind myself not to feel down when I'm having those off days. When you talked about second guessing yourself, what, what is it that you do to remind yourself not to second guess yourself? I mean, I'm a bit, I talk to myself and oh, yeah, I, my life knows I talk to myself. What, what do you, what have you put in place to remind yourself that you're overthinking and you're second guessing yourself and to stop doing that? Well, like you said, you, you talk to yourself. I will say things out loud. Um, I will say, don't second guess yourself out loud to myself. Um, often in the mirror, like in the morning when I get ready, when, you know, you have spiraling thoughts. So I'll do things like that. I will just like do like deep breathing, (laughs) um, things like that. Or I will turn on like a fun, non self-help related podcast or music to like drown out any of those spiraling thoughts. Um, you know, to just kind of wash those away, but often, yeah, talking, saying it out loud for whatever reason is very helpful. Yes. That's, that's what I, that's kind of what I adopted, but now I can't keep anything secret because the minute (laughs) I'm talking to myself, somebody in my life is like, what's the matter? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Something's, something's going on because you're talking to yourself. Uh, But that's great because I mean, any tools that we can give other people, about how we have gotten through this is, and and they're not big tools, they're little tools. And, and when you can learn to apply them, they're very effective. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing because I am certain that we're going to have people um, very inspired by you being able to leave um, before she was born and then just stepping right out into the single parent right off the bat. So thank you for being here. And I appreciate you sharing your story. No problem. I enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Heidi. See ya. See ya. Hey, Regina, thanks for being with me today and taking the time to talk with us. Thank you for having me, Dr. Heidi. I'm glad that we got to sit down and chat. Yes, and we've known each other actually for quite a while. Um, So if you can remember way back when, how was it that you found me? Um, I had gone to a local therapist kind of to talk about my feelings and my current relationship. I wasn't happy and was feeling like it was on me and that there was things I needed to work on. And as I kind of started explaining my concerns with her about what I was experiencing with my um, ex uh, toxic person at the time, she had recommended one of your um, podcasts on um, it's not normal, it's toxic. I, of course, at this point, can't remember which one exactly, but I just remember listening to it. And during it, you had mentioned the strength within group on Facebook. And I immediately joined and kind of felt like I had that community that I needed. Yes. And, and of course, we'll get to that later. I I know most of your story very well, but um, just for the listeners, what type of toxic relationship or relationships have have you experienced in in your adventure? We'll call it. 
<laughs> um, mine was an, like an intimate partner, um, a boyfriend at the time. Um, I of course have seen from learning what I have that there are other people in my life where I see that toxicity kind of come up now, but I really uh, embraced the group because of the intimate relationship I was in. So, so what you said is that as you've learned about, you know, the character traits and how a toxic person behaves, you've been able to spot other people that you would maybe have not noticed. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially, you know, being in the part of the journey that I'm in where I'm going to, you know, enter the dating world. I feel like I can spot it like a mile away now. <laughs> okay, good. So, so you just said that, where are you in, in the whole process of your journey? Um, I am at the or, point or tell us a little bit about um when you know when you first found me what you know what was going on and then where you are now yeah um so i had moved to i had moved from my home to florida to um engage in an intimate relationship uh with a gentleman and um there were red flags even before that but i didn't have much self-confidence at that point but i moved out to florida um and quickly found that um this person did not communicate well, um, did not have nice things to say, um, very manipulative, lots of insecurities tied to cheating and infidelity. And a lot of that got pushed on to me and it just kind of put me into a very, a very dark place of self-doubt self of um, just really brought me down. And I really felt like it was all my fault and I was doing all the things wrong and it just wasn't getting better. And so I found the group, I think it was probably February of 2020. And um, as I kind of listened to other people's stories, I and started finally talking to people. I was very isolated out in Florida and I hadn't told anybody what was going on and how I was feeling. And I hadn't shared with anybody that I had gone to such a dark place of, you know, kind of like not wanting to, kind of that feeling of not wanting to live almost like I just wasn't mm -hmm. good enough and I could do nothing right. and. Um, I even tried sharing that with my toxic person and they just, you know, essentially told me, well, why are you with me instead right. of, you know, embracing me. And as I started talking about it and starting sharing my story, I realized it wasn't right. And as I started within working with you and the group and just, just hearing other people going through the same thing, I finally, um, split from my toxic person in May of 2020 and I moved away um, out to Idaho where my best friend lives and to this day I still don't know how I did it <laughs> because I just I was still living in hope that things would get better I would hope he would change and I would hope I had all these hopes for the future and um, and and I I remember you know we had a couple of dates set for you to leave and yes there was always something that seemed bigger or more important than you leaving. Um, yeah. You know, like getting your stuff organized or the deal with the, you know, the truck or how am I going to get all of this done? And then we would move the date. Yes. And looking back, you're probably like, yeah, those were just excuses out of fear because I was, I wasn't ready to go. A hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent out of fear. What's going to happen. Can I, can I afford the other side? Am I going to be okay? How are my daughter and I going to, how are we going to manage? <laughs> there was lots of reasons not to go. Um, I kept finding them, and but I did. And July 13th, 2020, I got on an airplane. I don't even know how I did it. Um, even though I was crying and miserable, I <laughs> got on an airplane. I moved to Idaho. And so 
at this point, um, you know, we, we actually, my toxic person and I stayed in contact and I, I still had that hope. Uh, he supposedly was going to go to church and start working on himself. And, um, I, of course I started, you know, found my faith in God and, you know, worked on forgiveness and worked on letting go of those negative emotions that I had towards him. And, um, was hoping, you know, lived, mm -hmm. lived in hope. And in April of this year, 2021, he showed his, that he had not changed at all. And I finally, after many struggles of no contact and unblocking and no contact and unblocking in mm -hmm. April, 2021, I finally blocked him completely and I'm completely no contact. So now I'm two months, no contact and very thankful for that. Yes. And we were just talking just before we started recording um, what was your thing with no contact and the three weeks? Like what kept you going at the beginning of no contact? Cause we know how hard no contact is and you had tried it several times before. So what oh, made I you do it. This, what made you do it this time? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but I had met a gentleman that kind of, you know, a, kind of a friend more than anything, but somebody that, you know, kind of, it was a little bit of a distraction. I was also very fortunate to be back in California visiting my family multiple times in the last couple months and I think just their support um, the day that my ex uh, toxic person decided to yell at me for the final time and call me names um, I was staying with my best friend and so I got home and told her and just to have someone in your face looking at you and telling you you do not deserve this mm -hmm. really gave me the strength to, and I, and that's, I texted him and said, do not ever contact me again. And I blocked him on every platform I could. And, and then I, did, did you have, um, urges to unblock him again? I did not this time. This is, this was honestly, I think my final straw. It was my, it really was my final straw. Cause I think I had gone no contact with him about three times before. And usually within about a week, I would unblock because I was curious about what he was doing. Was he thinking about me? Did he miss me? And you know, at this time, I think the distraction of having family and friends, I think of knowing that there's other good people out there, you know, like the kind of like that idea of that dating world and the hope that, you know, there are better people out there. And then there is something about that 21 days. If you can do it for three weeks, I really feel like it sticks. It's just those first two, one to two weeks that are really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And you feel you kind of backpedal. Yeah. And I think that's setting goals for yourself too, whether, whether the three week thing works or not. I know that that's what they say in diets and that's what they say in setting new habits and stuff like that. But yeah. even if you and your mind can convince you, if we can do this for 21 days, we can do it. Exactly. And there's something about having that support too. I mean, that's why I tell people now, like, if you feel the urge, like if you've blocked your toxic person, you feel the urge, message me, call a friend, because like call a friend, call family, mm -hmm. but don't do it, you know, stick to it because it really is very freeing. Yes. Once you get, oh, once you get across the tightrope, it definitely is. So what would you say that your biggest struggle is now? Because now we don't have to fight the no contact. We don't have to fight the worrying if he's going to change or the what if he sucks me back in type of thing. So what yeah. do you find that you're struggling with now? My struggle at this point, I would say self-confidence. Uh, it's kind of rebuilding who I am. And uh, because I went from a 19-year a marriage into and, and divorce and went into this toxic relationship where it really just depleted who I was as a person. I 
you know, you, you essentially cater, as we all know, you cater to the other person and you lose who you are. Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest struggle right now is what does Regina like? What does mm -hmm. Regina want? What does, you know, what hobbies? I don't even remember what hobbies I like to do anymore. So it's kind of like this, this battle of, you know, what rebuilding myself, rebuilding my, who I am, and then also kind of bringing back the confidence that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm slowly finding that that's coming back, but I still, I still struggle. I struggle with insecurity and confidence. I remember thinking, okay, well, what hobbies did I, did I quit? And I had the mm -hmm. list of stuff that I was, you know, for lack of a better term, forced to quit during my toxic relationship. But those weren't the hobbies I wanted to pick back up because they also had triggers tied to them. Yes. So then I'm trying to figure out new things. And then when you have the self-confidence and the self-esteem thing and you're scared of stuff and you're worried about change, it makes the new things really hard too. It's it like does. a constant push. Exactly. No, I agree. I, I actually agree with that hundred um, percent. And I remember, you know, just literally thinking, I don't care. Just try it once. If you don't like it, don't do it again. Yeah, you know. I know you got to try it though. You got to get out there and just try to experience it. And you may, it may not be a fit and you move on to the next thing, yep. but and you know what, get out there and try things. I mean, that's, that really opens your eyes. Yeah. And, and even meeting people, you know, I was nervous to meet people because, well, what if they don't like me? You know, yeah. now, now I'm worried I'm not going to like them. So I've done this complete switch, but I was exactly where you are. The other thing that I do is funny is I, one of the hobbies that I gave up was like, I really like to do crafts. Okay. So instead of going back to the, the other crafts that I was doing, I'll order like, okay, I'm going to do rock painting. And so then I'll order all the stuff off of Amazon and then I'm really, really bad at it. So then I never do it again. So I have all of this stuff that, oh, well, I tried it. I didn't like it, whatever, but I made myself try all this stuff. So you're in such a fun spot right now, because if you don't like it, who cares? Exactly. And I might take up rock painting now. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll send you my kit. Right. <laughs> So we were talking about the strength within group and, you know, I, I was just telling you the reason I started this group was completely different than what the group has turned into. So I really want people to know that the strength within group is a place with a positive supportive community. So you've been in it for over a year. So what is your favorite thing about the strength within support group? It really is. I mean, it's, it sounds kind of generic, but it is the support system. And I think in the beginning, as I shared my story and shared what I call my testimony, it was knowing that I wasn't crazy and that everything that I experienced was real. That, because we all know that we get manipulated to believe that, you know, we're, we are the crazy ones and that that didn't really happen. And, you know, I would never, you know, it's all you. And so going in there and kind of talking to people and saying, this is what I experienced. This is what was said to me. This is what, you know, and I, and having people confirm that they're going through similar situations, you feel less alone. Um, you really get that community, that community feeling. And I just, I think for me now, my favorite part is just like being able to, being in the place that I'm at now, right? As I'm on my healing journey and I'm out of the, what I call the muck right? I'm out of the thick of it. I now like to go back and provide encouragement to people and to tell people, you know, it's going to be okay. You can do this, you know? Um, 
it's gonna, it, it's just gonna be okay. And you're gonna, you're gonna find your way out. It may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but let's take it a day at a time and know that you have people here that are gonna back you and keep you, keep you moving forward and that you deserve better than what you're getting at this point. Yes, that is one of my favorite things about watching the group because I see people where they're at when they come in. And then, you know, some of the people I work with privately. So some people I get to know better than other people, but you see where they come in and slowly over the months to come, they transition from the one that's needing help into the one that's giving the encouragement. So that's, that's you know, one of my favorite parts. Um, what is something that you learned from the group? Um, the biggest thing that I learned, I think would be like what the toxic traits look like, you know, um, reading different stories and then the posts that you would share your inspirational, you know, daily, what I call memes, right. Right. Um, kind of knowing what the toxic traits look like. Um, seeing that one of the hardest things that I struggled with was that I thought my toxic person could change. Mm -hmm. I really had this like hope that he would like, oh, I did wrong. I'm sorry. Let's change. Everything will be great. And I think going through this group and seeing other people's testimonies, you kind of, it's, it seems negative, but a lot of these people don't change. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I kind of learned that, like I kind of had to, it's not that it has to be a negative place. It's kind of truth that in, in reality, when you look at people that are, and I don't want to title people, but like narcissists or just have those toxic personalities mm -hmm. that a lot of them don't change. And the other thing that I learned is that getting out of these relationships is really hard. Yes. It's really, really hard. It's different for every person. The level, you know, some of these women and men have been in these relationships for 20 years. I was in mine for two years. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine. So I kind of learned grace for people, you know, also, I mean, just for reading sure. everybody's story and knowing that all of these, like this toxicity looks different for each person. And it's just, it's just hard. It's yeah, really I, hard to go through. I think one of the other things that is validating is when you read these other people's stories, the toxic personality from person to person operates so similar. Yes. You know, and when you're in it, you think I am the only one that's in a relationship where this person acts like this. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, they use the same phrases and they use the same excuses mm -hmm. and they do, the, you know, they have the same behaviors. And I think, um, you know, that's kind of what helped me. I'm like, no, there, there is something that will allow us to understand this a little bit better. Um, you have used some of my other services. So, because um, we did a few sessions and then you took advantage of one of the small groups. Yes. Um, can, you, can you tell us what your favorite part about that was? Uh, the small groups, I think it was just, I, I think we joined, I think our small group joined after, or got together after I had moved to Idaho, which was a really hard time for me. I mean, I was pretty broken. I had something to look forward to every time that we mm -hmm. got together. I had a place to talk about it, to express the feelings I had, to express the concerns, to um, un kind of unload, right, to the ladies in my group. And I, I, the friendships that I forged from that have been, are still lasting and I love it and I'm thankful for that. But I really, the small group for me, the biggest takeaway from it was being able to sit down with you on Zoom, you know, mm -hmm. and learn to learn about these traits and 
to relate it not only to the past relationship I had just gone through, but as like I started healing to be able to go, I'm going to be able to use this for the future too, because I don't ever, ever want to be in this place again. Mm-hmm. So for me, the small group was really, and then at the end of the small group, it was really neat to kind of go through the exercises of who is Regina? You know, mm-hmm. what are your, what do you want? What are your core values? Those are questions I hadn't asked myself probably for 20 years, you know, cause I was married before. And so I kind of forgot what my core values were and they kind of shifted. I mean, even within the months that I left, you know, and moved to Idaho, my core values started shifting and changing. And those were just great exercises to do with these other ladies um, to just kind of find out who I am and kind of start that process of who am I? And just to be able to share stories, you know, with people that, I mean, and the ladies in my group had different stories than me, but we experienced a lot of the same emotions and hurt. So it's just nice. It was nice to have a small community. And even now, just that small group that we did together, I am still friends with both ladies and we still keep in contact. Um, every yes, couple and that weeks- was funny too, because that was, I was, I was planning on shutting that group down, obviously when the class was done and I see, you know, you guys are still meeting yes. and yeah, that's, yep. that's we the best. It on Zoom and we catch up and we ask how things are going and we talk about dating life and, you know, where we're, our struggles now, but it's definitely, you can see the growth and you can see how, how the group has shifted from kind of that broken feeling to like the joy and hope for the future. Yes. And, really- and you've watched the empowerment grow. I've watched yes. the empowerment grow in, in you guys just day to day. Yes. Um, so from where you are now, what is one piece of advice or one something that you would want to tell the listeners? Oh my gosh. One piece. <laughs> Can there be multiple? Um, I think my advice to people listening, when Dr. He- Heidi, excuse me, when Dr. Heidi tells you to go no contact, <laughs> do it. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I spent nine months in my hopeful place and, and you were so kind and patient with me and you kept saying you really should go no contact and I didn't and you still gave me grace for that which I appreciated but really it was once I went no contact and I blocked him it was honestly the most freeing feeling when I finally did it and stuck to it and like I, I can't even explain it my anxiety went away I had been seen by a doctor multiple times for heart palpitations. Um, I always was checking my phone. I was always jumping out of text message. I was always jumping out of voicemail. I always felt like I had to explain or say I was sorry, even though I wasn't dating this person like that, I was still tied to those habits, right? Mm -hmm. Those were were habits that I formed. And like when I finally went no contact and stuck to it, I finally felt like I could breathe. And I finally felt like I could just be myself and do what I wanted. I didn't have to answer to anybody. And so I, I really, I really just believe the no contact is the biggest thing, biggest takeaway. It's the hardest thing. I think it's one of the harder things to do, but I, I, I truly believe that it has to happen. You know, and you kind of have to get the mindset too. Yes, it's hard, but staying in it and trying to fix it and continually coming up against a, you know, a brick wall, yes. that's hard too. So it's, okay. it's picking your heart and figuring out which hard you pick is going to get you where you need to go. Exactly. And that's finally what you did. Yeah. And the other thing, there's one other thing is I, I still believe to trust your gut. 
And I, it sounds very generic, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Like trust those, trust your feelings, trust, trust those feelings deep down, trust when you know something's not right. Believe stop in second guessing. Yep. Stop second guessing. Stop and overthinking. Believe, yes. And believe yourself, like believe in you. So. Well, I am so glad I have, you know, it's been a little while since we've actually been able to chit chat. So I'm so glad that you took the time today. I'm sure I will be keeping up with, you know, where you're going and what's coming down the pipes in your life. But I wish you the very best in, you know, the rest of your summer and the things you've got going for you. And you always know how to find me if you need me. Yeah, so thank you around the group. <laughs> yes. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks for having me, Dr. Heidi. Hi, Amber. Thank you for being here with us today. Hi, Dr. Heidi. Thank you for having me. Okay. So how did you find me and how long ago? I, I found you early last year, um, actually through Matt Pfeiffer and his, um, his podcast, which is Toxic to Triumph um, and on TikTok. Yes. And he was actually on my podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you when you were on his. Um, Yes. I finally convinced him he had to be a guest. So he was just on mine. So um, yeah, we actually haven't, haven't been able to do anything together, but he and I stay in pretty close contact. So I am glad that you found him. So what type of toxic relationship are you, or were you involved in? I was in two. My first one was my marriage. Um, and I was married for about 20 years. And then my, as soon as I got out of that, my next relationship was even more toxic. And to me, the most surprising part was I work with victims of crime, um, including domestic violence and situations like that. But I found myself not necessarily in a violent, but a very toxic relationship. So where are you in the process of your journey now? I am in a good spot right now. I have met another amazing man, um, which was kind of a surprise to me. It's something I was looking for, but I don't know. I didn't know how to handle it at first and still have my moments. Um, Yes, for sure. How long have you, how long has it been since you got out of your last toxic relationship? Um, it's, well, we were off and on for two years as he came in and out of my life every few weeks to months. And I think that I cut all contact towards the beginning of this year, even though we weren't really seeing each other, I just stopped responding to him when he tried to pop back up. And so then how, I how the last did time you I meet- saw him and oh. had a real conversation with So how did you meet the one that you're Sorry? talking about now, the new one? He um, was someone that I had known a few years ago when we were both married to other people and he popped back up into my life by being at the same gym with me. And we developed a little bit of a friendship. We were talking about putting a singles group together to travel um, and vacation. And then things just developed surprisingly. I had given up on dating. (laughs) (laughs) We all do that. And then ta-da, all of a sudden there they are. So this is, this yeah. will be good. What type of things do you find? Because, because now you feel like you're in something that's healthy. 
What do you find that you struggle with because mm -hmm. of what you've been through in your past? Um, I struggle with trusting myself and reminding myself he's not the same person that I've or people I have been with in the past. Um, and trusting, just trusting him, trusting myself. Do you find yourself that's the biggest having hurdle. to, do you find yourself having to um, explain some of your behaviors to him? I do. Sometimes he also had um, a difficult situation he was in before. Um, so he gets it on some levels. Um, he's extremely patient <laughs> with me and um, I'm working on the not having to explain it and him just understanding. Yeah, that's good. I remember, I remember being in that same situation. And once you've been through it, you can't really help but question their integrity, regardless of how transparent and how, you know, I should say good, but how well the relationship is going, you still find mm -hmm. yourself, you know, second guessing everything, or I did. Right. Anything right. that- Waiting was, for the other shoe to drop. Like, this is yes. too good. Yes, or, or everything that they did with good intention, I, I was like, wait, what is he after? Like, there's gotta be something more to this because people aren't <laughs> exactly. just that nice. Um, so you're a yes. member of the strength within group that, that I have on Facebook. How long have you been in that group? I've been on there about a year. I think I joined in mid June or early July last year. And what is your favorite thing about the strength within group? The support when anything comes up, whether it's something I'm struggling with or something that's positive, the amount of support that the other people in there give is just amazing. Have you, have you posted um, like when you need help with something or you need opinions on stuff? I have posted when I've needed help. I've also posted um, the positive things that are happening in my new relationship. Um, which I just think trying is to share that it, even though we may be in hard places. Yes, for sure. What is something that you learned from being in the group? That I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that is going to be everyone's answer. Um, I have an opportunity to speak for a big corporation which has me a little bit nervous, but they do not mm -hmm. want me to use the word crazy on any of my marketing or in my, <laughs> in my, you know, my thing anywhere, which just solidifies the fact that people on the outside do not understand because crazy is really the only word that you can use that describes how we're feeling and what people are telling us. So um, I'm sure I'm going to hear that in some of the following interviews too, because I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I think I need help. I think I should, you know, admit myself, you know, because nobody understands. So the crazy thing is it's like an epidemic a little bit. Um, have you, mm -hmm. have you taken advantage of any of the other services that I have besides the podcast and besides the strength within group? I took the toxic um, quiz that you have, and I can't remember right now what my score was, but I remember being really surprised um, at how toxic <laughs> my, my situation was. 
because it becomes so normal. Half of the stuff that is actually yeah. abnormal, we get so used to it. So, and that's actually why I wrote that. It's the toxicity profile analysis, the long one, right? Yes. Just because even if, even if people take it and I never talk to them, it still sets a seed that, oh yeah, maybe this is worse than I thought because we really sit in the middle of these and think, oh, it's not so bad. It'll be fine. That's, you know, they just had a bad day. Mm -hmm. um, so good. I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking about bringing that up. Um, so where you are right now, what <laughs> is one piece of advice that you would give the listeners? Because you are on the podcast. So what would, what would you tell people if you had one thing or more than one thing to tell people? Sorry, my internet's acting up. Um, but I would tell people that it gets better just to stay the course and try to maintain that no contact or that low contact to give your brain a break and let you kind of weed through that chaos. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. Now that you have been out and you're in something that um, is healthy for you, are you noticing mm -hmm. that there was other people in your life, you know, while these relationships were going on that also were not healthy for you, like friends or, you know, certain family members? I am. Um, I'm noticing that a lot. I have a family member that is um, more toxic than I realized. And I'm kind of trying to put some boundaries up around that situation and really um, work on it on myself around it and accepting that this may not be the relationship that I've always hoped it would be. Um, and I correct me if it's different for you, but I kind of went through the same thing and I attributed that to me realizing that I was probably attracting these people. Um, you know, I had to, mm -hmm. I had to, I say divorce, but I had to take a couple of people in my life that were really close on the friend category out. And I remember it was after my divorce, but I, I still felt like, um, like really heavy weight or, or high anxiety when I was around them. And, and once I started realizing these, I can do the same thing with anybody in my life, but I would have never, ever put it together that I, you know, I was obviously attracting them because of my personality. Um, so where are you, where are you going from here? What, what do you, what do you feel like you're going to look like in a year from now? That is not one of the questions I that told you. That is so you were be hard. <laughs> That's hard to imagine because I have grown so much in just the last year. Um, so it's, it's hard to, to even think about, but I'm feeling so happy for the first time in so long that I, I just imagine it's going to keep getting better and I'm going to keep getting better at setting boundaries and recognizing things earlier. It's a, it's a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Oh, we're all a work in progress. Don't, don't you think it was so strange the day that you were like, I think I'm actually feeling happy. Yes. I I remember yeah. thinking, I was like, what wow, am I feeling? This is what happiness like, feels like. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Um, 
we will, I'll let you know when this goes, but I am super thankful for you in the support group because I know that you, you have really encouraged other people in there as well, which is part of our healing process, you know, to reach back. And we all go through this for a reason and you never really know the reason until you're out and you can look back and especially in the work that you do. So thank you for the work that you do, by the way. Um, and thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. Thank you, Dr. Heidi. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Hey, Carrie, thanks for being here with me today. Hello, Dr. Heidi, thanks for having me. And I know you're on vacation, so you're taking time out of your vacation to be here today. So yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so first of all, how did you find me? Because some of the stories that I get on how people find me are almost miracles on how they find me. So I actually found you through the podcast. Um, I was experiencing some moments where um, I felt kind of crazy. So I was like, I need somebody to tell me I'm not crazy. So I literally just went to um, my podcast app and typed in um, narcissistic abuse and you happen to pop up. And so I listened to I think it was like half of an episode and I was like, this is great, but this is a lot. And, and it definitely made me feel like, um, someone understands me, but it also freaked me out that someone understood me. And then in the podcast, you had said something about, um, the strength within group. So I went onto Facebook and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, it is a whole group of people who are just like me. And um, so that's what led me to actually get onto the um, Facebook page, but also to become active on the Facebook page. Yes. And you are pretty active on the Facebook page. I try page. to be. Um, at first, I was a little intimidated, right? Because I'm like, how much do I share? Who can see what I'm sharing? You know, you get those mm -hmm. uh, fears. But uh, once I started being active, then it was like, okay, what would I want somebody to tell me if I posted this? I wouldn't want it to go ignored. So mm -hmm. I tried to stay pretty active just for those reasons. Yes, which helps me out because I get, you know, I get behind in there and I try to read everything, but the bigger it gets, I, I mean, I know I need help. I'm going to have to contract some people. Right. For help it's a lot there. of people in there. There's a yeah. lot of people in there. Yeah. Um, so what type of relationship or relationships um, have you been involved in that were not healthy for you? So uh, the most current has been a boyfriend. Um, but the more I listen to the podcast and the more I'm in the group, um, the more I start to identify that uh, there are some family relationships that I feel are significantly um, toxic. And I think also um, some relationships that I've been in the past that I didn't really identify as toxic. Uh, but once I started to really delve into those, I started to notice that a lot of the toxicity that was revealed in those relationships actually is a pattern that I have followed for um, quite some time. So um, currently, though, it's a romantic relationship. Are, are you still involved? So it is. Uh, one of those where it took me a really long time where I was doing the what if game. Um, so it was okay, but he's trying again and he's doing the right things, i.e. hoovering, which I didn't really know that's what it was then, but um, over and over and over again doing that thing. And then um, I 
I really, really uh, had a longing to have my kids have a traditional family. And I feel like having that desire really made me want to continue to try over and over and over again. Um, but I realized after really reading some of the posts in the group of people who had been in their toxic relationships for 20 years that I really didn't want to uh, continue that pattern over and over and over again. And so um, low contact is where I am now, but it's because we're in a situation where we have to co-parent together and that makes it a little bit of a different dynamic. So. Okay. So, so you're not living together at this no. point? Mm -mm. No. No. How, how old is the little one? So he just turned four. And I feel like that makes it a struggle as well, because, you know, when they're so little, you feel like they deserve something different. Um, but, you know, after talking to so many people who stayed too long, you also realize that they do deserve something different, but that you're not the one that can really give them the different thing in that environment. So mm -hmm. the only thing that you can do to make it different is to remove them from the environment. And that's a struggle to make that decision. But, you know, oftentimes I think we forget that um, a traditional family is not, uh, I guess, a greater goal than just a healthy environment. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I was doing for quite some time. Yes. And I think it's that um, dissolution of the family unit that keeps people in it for a long time. Now, were you raised in a, in what we're calling a traditional family unit? So yes, interestingly enough, I was, um, but my parents divorced when I was 22. And when they divorced, um, a lot of people think that if you're an adult, that you can just deal with it. So um, when I was an adult and I found out that, you know, for quite some time, the relationship was toxic and um, they continued it for our sake, mm -hmm. then I was like, oh no, that was a bad idea. Because now the one thing that's always remained true and consistent in my world is crashing to the ground. And I actually started having anxiety attacks and all type of crazy, uh, I mean, not crazy, like crazy in the head, but just different things that were happening in my body that I didn't really realize what they were. And it was all because I lacked control in that situation. And I often felt like if they would have just done it earlier when they really started to not like each other, then I probably would have been able to adapt to that situation. Um, so yeah, they were together for, I think, 30 something years and um, they divorced when I was 22. So yes, brought up in the traditional environment, but um, it couldn't have been a healthy one if it was you know, toxic for so long. I just didn't realize that those were happening. Those things were happening. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this. If you don't want to answer that, answer this, this is completely fine. But now because you've been doing so much learning and reading and understanding now looking back on the relationship between your parents, can you see stuff that you hadn't seen before? So here's the thing. They hid everything. Mm -hmm. So like, um, no arguing in front of people, doing things, but like behind closed doors kind of things. But I do remember a lot of um, situations where I would hear 
them talking about my dad and not really understanding why anybody was saying anything negative about my dad. Like why he's, he's so good, but like hearing that like little bits and pieces of that. And then thinking back to certain small things that happened, um, did make me realize some of it, but I think, um, being made privy to the information, like actually knowing what was going on later. Um, because I think when you're an adult, people give you a more intense explanation of the things that are happening. Um, but knowing after being given that explanation, what actually was happening in the relationship, I started to kind of see little things that maybe I didn't see before. Um, but definitely not the extent of what was going on. They were really good at hiding it. Really, really good at hiding it. So then were you surprised that you ended up in unhealthy relationships? I don't, so not necessarily the first one. Yes. Um, because I was so young, I was 14 and, you know, I stayed in that relationship for nine years. And so, yes, like very surprised at that one, but all the ones after it, like hindsight, it was like looking for the things that you thought a male was supposed to do Mm -hmm. because of what you had grown up with as a kid. And then realizing that those were not the things they were all the wrong things. Um, so I don't think I realized it while I was doing it. It was self-discovery later mm-hmm. that led me to understand that I was repeating patterns that I had experienced in my childhood that I didn't even know there was a toxic trait behind them. Yeah. So then, so now the choices that you've made for your kids is to break that cycle. Yes. You know, 100%. and we, we always have to give ourselves grace too, because if you've grown up in that, it's normal to you. So why would you know, why would we expect to not, yes. you know, repeat? And, and and you think in your head, it's not only it's normal, but everybody else is dealing with these same things. So you ask the questions like, uh, well, what is a, a normal relationship like? Or, you know, how do you make your relationship work to the people around you? And they say things like um, a normal relationship is give and take and um, no relationship is easy. They're all work. And so then you think, oh, well, then that's what my parents were doing or that's what the people around me were doing or that's what I was even doing and my partner was even doing. But that's not it's not the same for a toxic relationship. And I don't think you even realize that that's the case. Like the advice that I'm being given is what a normal relationship is like, but that's not the kind that I'm in or the ones that I've experienced. So that advice is not true for me because it's not the same advice. Right. Yes. And, and I think that's what spurred me to do this for a living. You have to understand it. And if you don't have the tools to understand it, you know, you're never even going to know that it's not, you know, it's not right. So, so I'm throwing in extra questions. on you. How long have you been out of your most recent Okay, so um, physically a year, like I moved, I bought a townhouse on my own a year ago. Um, but the back and forth was for months after that, just thinking, okay, I can do this. No, I can't do this. Okay, um, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. And oh, yes, it is. Just kidding. Like doing yes. that for months after uh, physically leaving. Um, so... So, and now you said, say. now you said you're, you're pretty low contact. You're pretty much just trying to co-parent. Yes. But it's so, really hard because, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who still wants the relationship to be back the way that it was, and 
you can never go back because the revelation has happened and now you know that what you were going through is not okay. Um, it's really hard because they use all the things that they know that you desire Mm -hmm. uh, to pull you back in. So like, don't you want a traditional family for your son? Or don't you want to um, go on vacations and trips? And you know, well, yeah, I do. But I don't want to be like fighting while I'm there either. <laughs> like, right. I don't want the same things that I know are going to happen to happen again, because I've done that before. And we've not it's not ended the way because you know, you do that thing where you have this idea in your head, and you, for some reason, attach that idea to the potential of your current situation, and it is not true. Like your current situation does not have that potential. You but we have can, that potential, but, but not we can your convince situation. ourselves that oh, it yeah. has that potential. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then, like, you start to do the thing where you're like, "Don't I deserve to have that potential?" Well, yeah, you do, but the situation that you're in is not going to give you that. So you have mm. to get uncomfortable to get that and yes you deserve it and yes it exists but you cannot force it in the situation you're in yeah Once and if we if we try to force it what we end up doing is changing ourselves yeah. to make ourselves fit for so the potential much. and i remember you talking about the changing of your hair color and all these things that you had done to make you a different version of you that wasn't even really you and i was like yes girl me too like it's it's just insane how parallel the situations are, and I really honestly think that that is the most satisfying part of being involved in the Strength Within group is to understand the parallels that exist between not just you and a couple of other people, but legitimately you and hundreds of other people mm -hmm. have these parallels. Like there are so many people in the group that I've heard say that they've changed their looks they've changed their job, they've changed their friends, they've changed all of these things to try to fit into this mold that the other person has created. But the other person is so broken that the mold shifts and shapes into different things every single day. So you mm -hmm. can't ever fit the mold. No. Um, so yeah, that's incredible that we've all been there and done those same things. But yeah, I did the blonde too, girl, and it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I wouldn't even look in the mirror. Um, oh, so, absolutely. so besides the co-parenting thing, now that, you know, you're living on your own and, and you're probably doing quite a bit of self-discovery and healing, what are you struggling with now? Um, whew, that's a loaded one. <laughs> um, so I would say, um, honestly, guilt. I think guilt is my biggest obstacle right now. And I think that because there are so many people in my situation, so I have three children and then, you know, myself, and um, I think it's guilt. I think it's guilt that um, I stayed in that toxic situation for a long time and that maybe it has um, caused some lasting effects on my kids. Guilt that um, they have told me that they felt like I placed him over them. Guilt that I've wasted precious years of my life and I can't get those back. And then also there are still those tinges of guilt where I'm like, maybe I wasn't a good partner. And if I would have done something differently, then this relationship would have worked. And, you know, especially when you hear the manipulation coming from that end again, where it's like you could 
go back to the things that you used to believe about yourself. So maybe I wasn't as intimate as I should have been. Maybe I did build a wall and maybe that's why he did the things he did. And, you know, you start to blame yourself. So I think guilt is probably the biggest struggle. But right underneath of that is um, insecurity and just really believing that there's something better out there for me and I don't have to keep, even if it's alone, it doesn't have to be another relationship, but I have to keep giving that more chances because there may not be something better. Mm -hmm. Um, So just those two are probably the main struggles. So is there anything that, that you learned in the group, like a post that somebody posted or I mean, that you were just like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of that before. So many things. There's so many things. Oh my gosh. There's so many things. I think, um, realistically, it wasn't just one post, but it was all the times where I would be struggling with something and maybe I didn't post it because I didn't feel like going into details or I do the thing where I feel like I'm a burden. So I'll be like, I don't want to post that because I don't want to be a burden to all these people who are trying to get over their own crap, you know? Um, but someone would post something and it would be the exact same, same thing that I was going through. And then all of the comments, like literally hundreds of comments of times where other people had gone through that thing too. And I think that it's not necessarily a post, but it's the theme that runs through the group, which is affirmation. Like, hey, I know you're going through that. I went through that too. Uh, two years ago, but now here's where I am. Or, hey, I know you're going through that. um, And I have experienced that too. But here's what I did when I had that same experience that helped me through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that you don't feel alone. And you don't feel like there's no hope for something better. Because all of these people will tell you, oh, I had that same experience but here's where I am now. And then the joy, the beauty of the whole entire group is that you get to do that too. So you come into the group and you're like, I can't offer any help to anyone because I'm a hot mess myself. Right. But then you see people who are experiencing something that you may have experienced months ago, like maybe they're trying to leave and I've left so I can be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I'm like, Oh, some, I can help somebody because of what I went through. And it's kind of the same theme that you talk about in most of the podcasts, which is that you didn't really intend to be where you are right now, helping people. But now that you are, you see why you went through what you went through. And I think that theme runs heavily through the group that, you know, we don't understand why we went through what we went through, but when someone posts something that we've experienced and that we've come out of, then we can actually be of help to them. And that feels good. It feels like, okay, now I can share my experience and I can help someone else. And someone in here is going to share their experience. That's going to help me in the part of the process that I'm in. And it just continues. And it, it makes our life make sense. Oh my gosh, so much. It makes you not feel like you're nuts because you do. I feel like oftentimes you feel crazy, especially when you talk to your friends and none of them have experienced this type of trauma. You talk to your therapist and that therapist isn't well seasoned in this type of trauma. You talk to your pastor and they don't really understand what you're going through. And so you're like, okay, so I'm alone on this island 
alienated from everyone, not because that person has alienated me, but because now what I've experienced, nobody else understands. And then you go into the group and you're like, wait, hundreds of people understand. So now you can freely share and know that somebody, at least one person in the group is going to have gone through that same or a similar situation. Mm -hmm. And it also validates your feeling that Um, Because a lot of times we question whether the person is really toxic, whether it's really us and not them. And when you go into the group and you're like, wait, are we dating the same person? Because my person has done that too. Then it's like, okay, if all of these characteristics bleed through this entire group and the people that they're um, dealing with, then it can't just be a coincidence that they feel like this person is toxic. I feel like this person is toxic. And, um, we're having the same experiences with them. That's not just a coincidence that what I'm saying is true. I, Mm -hmm. I trust myself now because I have somebody to validate what I've said. Yep. Yep. And of course, you know, the toxic personality has all the words that, that can convince us that what we're feeling or what we're thinking is not true. So then we go, you know, back up against that. So um, I am so happy the way that group turned out. It's not how I, you know, anticipated. And you know, I'm kind of a, um, I'm kind of a stickler for the rules in that group because That's- I want to keep it positive and encouraging. It, it's yes. so easy when, you know, to go down the rabbit hole. Um, if, if you could say one thing to the people that are listening um, about anything that you've learned or about where you're going or anything, what would you tell the listeners? Trust yourself, trust your instincts, stop second guessing yourself because your body knows your brain knows. And no matter how many times other people question you, no matter how many times you question yourself, that initial gut instinct is not even yours. It legitimately comes from the universe. And when your body reacts in a certain way and your brain reacts in a certain way and the chemicals in your in your body are doing the things that make you feel like you have to do the fight, flight, or fawn response, it's because something isn't right in that situation and your internal being knows that it's not. And so you have to trust yourself. I know we come into the group to get that validation, like uh, someone else needs to tell me that what I'm feeling is okay. But when those people aren't always there at the exact moment that you're feeling something, you have to trust your gut. You don't need someone else to tell you that what you're feeling is accurate or that what you're feeling is okay. Your body is telling you, the chemical responses in your body are telling you, and you just have to trust that because... Honestly, I think about all the times my body did that for me and how many times I ignored it and how much time I spent trying to convince myself that it wasn't so and then finding out that it was so and beating myself up for just not listening to my own intuition and my own gut. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that you and I will be in touch again, but thank you for being here. I wish you the best on your journey. Obviously, you know how to get a hold of me if you need anything, but I appreciate your time. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to your gut and starting this because you you have helped so many people and people that you probably don't even know you're helping. Well, it's my fa- it's my favorite job by far. <laughs> awesome. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, Carrie.
Hi, Dorothy. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Hi, Heidi. It's lovely to speak to you. I hope you talk a lot because I totally want to hear your cute little accent. <laughs> I'll um, try my best. <laughs> yes, try, try your best. I used to try and pretend I had an accent like that, but I never really pulled it off very well. Um, so first of all, how did you find me? Um, I found you um, through another support group. Somebody um, mentioned um, your, your Facebook page um, in a post that I seen. Um, so it seemed to be, it seemed to be very relevant to, to what I was experiencing at that time. So I just checked it out and, uh, and that's where it all started really. Yeah. Um, and this will be good because as we just talked a minute ago, I don't know that much about you. So this is, this is going to be mm -hmm. a learning experience for me. What type of toxic relationship or unhealthy relationships have you been involved in? Tell us a little bit about um, your story. Okay, so um, I found the group because I was in uh, I was in a toxic relationship, um, like with my then boyfriend. Um, I I knew that in my heart that it wasn't kind of going to change and that I wasn't happy. I was desperately unhappy and I was desperately trying to do anything that would change that. And it wasn't happening. So I knew that I'd kind of come to the end of the road with it. Um, but I felt really bad because there was kind of, you know, them feelings of, you know, what if there's anything else I can do? And anything so um but I knew it was toxic and I recognized that and really had no choice but to get away from it for my own sanity it was making me physically sick as well as mentally how how long were you in that I uh, have two years I was in that relationship but I'd, I'd previously been in a, a long marriage um with another quite a toxic um relationship as well um for 12 years and through leaving that relationship and um, obviously that was really tough but that has kind of like armed me with the the strength to be able to say you know what I'm not happy I'm not being treated the way I should be treated and that I really only live once and I deserve more right so so that kind of gave me the strength to say well if I can leave that relationship and I had a child to that guy um you know then I can do this um I'd also um stopped contact with my mother um around 15 years ago for the same reason she was very toxic as well um so so i've become very familiar with um recognizing that you know i i kind of like put myself through this crazy roller coaster of um beating myself up and expecting the you know impossible and then realizing that no it's okay to actually make myself happy and be okay with that and um, that's a big process and it has been with every one of them, to be honest, it's, it's been a long process and I've got, I've had to get to a point where I've been close to breaking before I've decided, no, you know, this is my choice. Um, so did you just say that you haven't been in contact with your mom for several years? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's probably 15, probably more like 17 actually, which I haven't been in touch with my mom. Um, my mom was very toxic um and I actually you know that was really difficult um to break ties with my mum because I'd been conditioned all my life to mm -hmm. you know that this is normal you you know tr this is how you act and that's it right so 
all my life I'd been conditioned to that. So to turn my back on that was very, very difficult. Um, but to be honest, the, from as soon as I did that and I stopped contact with my mum, my life has kind of gone from strength to strength ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it, it kind of the only way I can describe it is it was kind of parasitic. You know, like it just kind of uh, I couldn't thrive myself because it was just getting in the way of it all. You know, it was bringing me down. It was stopping me from shining, basically. Um, I actually am blind. I'm legally blind. Um, so that was also part of the kind of, um, you know, making me dependent and feeling that way. And, you know, it's it's not the case. You know, it's not the case. And I've learned that over the years that I don't need someone to look after me because that's pretty unhealthy, right? Yeah, you know? so do you think you've got my mind kind of going on questions though. Do you think that, you know, being raised that way and having to be, you know, partially dependent or what you thought you had to be partially Mm -hmm. dependent, do you think that that's kind of what landed you in, you know, consecutive relationships that were unhealthy? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've kind of, um, I found it hard to find the balance and I kind of, um, I'm a very strong, independent person. Um, And I kind of, um, I don't know, I kind of love to care for people too. And and I kind of, you know, um, I found myself taking on, you know, (laughs) sort of searching out the broken people and (laughs) trying to put them right. right? (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the group. Exactly. That's, That's what we all do. But, but it's been it's been strangely disguised in them wanting me to need them right it's but that's been the interesting part of it is it's been all disguised as them over caring for me mm-hmm. to kind of make me more dependent on them and then that sort of chips away at my confidence and makes me feel like hold on a minute I need this person right so, oh, so yeah, that is, sure. is huge, you know. <laughs> and and you know that's their goal is to get yeah. us dependent on them, so that you know it's it's hard for us to make decisions. It's normal for us to question ourselves. It's you know Absolutely. believing that we can't make it, and you know nobody will ever love us, and you know all of that type of stuff. So, yeah. so this most recent relationship, how long have you been out of that one? Probably uh, five months or so now. It's four or five months. And are you completely no contact? Yes. Um, Yes, there there has been a few messages, but nothing really, because I listened to the podcast about no contact and it really hit hard with me. And um, I realized that, oh my goodness, you know, like, because this guy was really sweet. He's really lovely. And he's been a friend of mine for, for, you know, probably around 10 years. Um, so it was hard to see the toxicity in that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it was really difficult to kind of say no, you know, because because then it's kind of, well, I've always been your friend, you know? <laughs> yes. And we can still be friends. That's a, that's yeah. a line that that's dangerous. Yes. Um, yeah. The whole, yeah, we can be friends. So, so where you're at now, what are you finding that you're struggling with because of the things you've been through? Um, I'm struggling. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm struggling, but I'm, I'm consciously working on um, myself. I'm consciously working on self-care and confidence and positivity and just in, appreciating me, right? Um, because I've just spent two years completely doubting everything I did right I felt 
you know, responsible, um, you know, if, if there was, you know, negativity, if there was bad moods, if there was anything going wrong, I kind of assumed it was something that I was doing, right? Um, and I was kind of like that all the way through my life, if I look back honestly. Um, you know, I felt like, you know, if somebody's happy, well, oh, I must be doing something right. And then if the, if it's not, then what have I done? You know, what, what, what did I do? You know, it, it's kind of taken all the world, you know, the weight of the world on your shoulders. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so at the, at the moment, it's kind of like, I'm healing myself, you know, it's kind of really, every time I feel quite negative, then I'm doing something that makes me feel positive and makes me feel strong. I'm facing a lot of fears and overcoming them and just feeling and appreciating how good it feels to be truly independently strong. So, so, and you might not know how, know the direct answer for this, but you know, when you hear somebody say, well, you just need to love yourself more, or you just need Mm -hmm. to make yourself a priority. It's so easy Mm -hmm. for people to say that. And it's, so much more difficult to do that. What, yes, are, what are some of the things that that you've put into play to make yourself do that? Do you have anything like, I mean, I talk to myself to, you know, to mm-hmm. stop overthinking and what, what types of, of things did you put into place to keep you moving in that forward direction? Okay. Well, I think my, my biggest motivation is my daughter. Like she, she's only six years old and I've got a son that's 25 this week um but I've got a daughter who's six and I know through the toxic marriage even like I was only she was only two when I left and that was difficult for me to decide that but I've always kind of thought she's always driven me because I've always thought I'm her I'm her role model right and if she ever finds herself in a toxic relationship I don't want her to think that that's okay you know and if I don't show that example then what am I showing her right so Mm -hmm. I kind of like really that's my main driving force but when it comes to you know um what I use um is gratitude actually that's the one thing I'm really focused on at the moment is gratitude and instead of kind of focusing on you know, the negative things that have happened to me and, and, you know, what I've done right and what I've done wrong, just being at ease with, it just was, it was what it was. And, mm. you know, I have control, you know, to, to be okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always felt myself having to remind myself that even though this is hard, I'm doing hard stuff, but I'm safe now. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I think that um, when you say that, you know, one of the, the main things that comes to my mind is when I left my marriage and all of a sudden I'm, I'm blind, I'm, you know, um, a single mother and, you know, I'm out there in the big world, you know, on my own, basically. Um, and I remember feeling really scared and really anxious about that. And I, but I remember the first day when I come home, I was studying then and I came home and I put my bag down and I was exhausted and I came and had a nap and I'd realized that I hadn't been able to do that ever mm-hmm. because I always felt like either I wasn't worthy or I just wasn't mentally relaxed enough to just put me first and it was incredible it was a turning you know a turning point for me it was such a silly little thing you know I just went for a nap but Mm-hmm. I went for a nap, felt refreshed, and that's what I needed, and that was great. 
Yes, because you, know? you always felt like you had to be productive 100% yeah, of the time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's even a hard transition to allow yeah. yourself downtime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I kind of try and prioritize that now. Um, I really do. Yeah. So, so I'm going to ask you only because I bet now the listeners are going to want to know. So have, you haven't always been legally blind then? No, I was fully sighted. Um, my um, diagnosis was, uh, it only happened when I was 14. I was told I had a rare eye condition and then it just deteriorated gradually. Um, I've been blind, you know, legally blind now for about 17 years. So, but it's really strange because people say, oh my goodness, that must be awful. But I'm actually very at ease with everything now I'm blind mm -hmm. because I'm not I'm not struggling with it anymore I was constantly having to readapt readapt and you know feeling frustration and you know things like that um, so, so that's something even even in the trauma of it you're now peaceful with it because absolutely yeah because yeah so it's kind of I don't I don't use my energy worrying about that right right because it's just something I can't change it's normal to me now so that's no big deal and um I'm that's absolutely at ease with that that's yeah. incredible thank you <laughs> um so how long have you been in the strength within support group um I think it's been about six months now yeah, yeah so so tell me what you think about the group what are what what's your favorite thing about being in the group Oh, it's just like full of so many strong people. So many people that make me feel like I'm not alone with it all. Um, like because I think when you've been around toxic relationships, like you, you it kind of like naturally makes you doubt yourself and you know, um who you are and how you act and what what you know what you were responsible for. It makes you question everything. Um and actually it's really at times it's been quite disturbing to think oh my goodness this is happening everywhere like this is the same for all these people but it's very reassuring to me and to see um people you know even even posts like you know oh you know I've, I've managed not to speak to him I you know I I had this you know overwhelming urge to to message you know uh, my partner and I I, I didn't and it's like, I even like, I just feel proud of that person because I can relate so much to that. And I know yes. how much strength it takes not to. I know. And we, we get so used to not celebrating anything. Oh, I know. And that's when, what I love about it. <laughs> I know. And when somebody has gone a week without messaging, they don't yeah. realize how huge that is. Yeah. Like definitely. Huge. And anybody who's I done it is like, no, that is so good. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I love about this group's specifically is that it's very positive and I don't think a lot of people could understand how a group about toxic relationships could be so positive and it's not about you know it's not about pulling people down and you know bad mouthing and say oh you know I'm, I'm a victim and this happened to me it's not at all like that it's it's a very very you know I think strength within you know it's it's perfect the even the name it's it's positive and I love that. I love that because that's how I am. You know, I like to be a positive person. I don't want to focus on negative. I think, you know, the reason and, and, you know, you see me posting the rules and making sure people are abiding by the rules, because I know that, that if I could, if I could stay positive and stay encouraging, I was mm -hmm. doing good. But the minute 
negativity, you know, slipped in or, um, you know, I hate to even say this word, but the feeling of revenge or, you know, getting mm -hmm. back or then I would just slide backwards. And so maybe mm -hmm. some people in the group think that, that I enforce the rules, but I also know what keeps you from sliding backwards. And absolutely. I, and I, I see that. And I think that's, that's what makes it a great group, you know, is because, you know, like before, you know this like you know what in my um last partner actually um had bipolar and you know why i went to support groups and things like that and it was so i found so much negativity you know um people in relationships with people with bipolar just kind of like such a negative thing you know you know it was just it doesn't need to be mm -hmm. like and, and that, Jean, that it's, it's about ex accepting them for who they are exactly right it's it and you know whether you know i've learned that actually it's nothing to do with the the, the bipolar it's to do with the is it toxic right right if is it healthy toxic for you or not? exactly right. it's nothing about that diagnosis it's it's about me and am i happy am i fulfilled mm -hmm. you know yes and, i love um, i love that you said that so from where you are now and mm -hmm. all of these little independent journeys that you've had to go through if there's yeah. one one thing you want to say to the listeners, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Just oh, just know that you're worth it. Just know that you know what? I, I read something the other day that said you can't be replaced and no one can ever replace you. No one can ever be you. No one can ever love like you. You're absolutely unique and special and precious. And just to appreciate that we all are mm -hmm. and we don't need anybody to make us that because we're already that ourselves, right? Yes, I can't believe I've done a number of these interviews today. I can't believe how many of you guys are making me get tears in my eyes by that last question. <laughs> well, I'm sure that we'll, you know, I'll be seeing more of you and we'll be in touch, but I wish you the very best on your continued journey. I know you there's okay. still ups and downs, mm -hmm. um, but thank you for being in that group. And I know that, that there's times when you post and you're very encouraging to people as well. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for making the group and the podcast. And because honestly, you've been an absolute like pillar of strength for me, you know, like it's, it's kind of really, 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 I can't even begin to express how helpful it's been. You're incredible at what you do. So oh. thank you. Thank you. We all are incredible. Yeah, we are. <laughs> kind of makes our lives make sense. Definitely. Yeah. But thank yes, you. thank you for your time and I wish you the best. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and thank you to those who volunteered to share part of their story today. I know it takes courage to put yourself out there um, with the fears that uh, you're living with right now. So I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free because it's not normal, it's toxic. <laughs>